0: Welcome to The Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert, Sarah Centrella, as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Sarah Centrella Show. As always, today, we are going to hustle and thrive. I am super excited for you to meet a good friend of mine, LaShonda Martin. She uh, was actually the host of WAG Academy two years ago that I spoke at. So if you've been following me on social for a while, you will remember that amazing event. She is also the founder and CEO of The Sports Sorority, an NFL wife and mom of two. So I know you're gonna get so much value from today's show and cannot wait for you to get an opportunity to meet her. And before we hop into the show today, I just wanna remind you that every single week I do the weekly five giveaway. So I hope that you are entering every week. You enter on my Instagram, all the details on how to enter, when the drawing is, and all that good stuff is in the show notes. But just know that I give away some pretty rad stuff, including coaching, signed books, all kinds of goodies. So make sure that you give us our your feedback and your thoughts about today's show. It really is important, um, and we both appreciate it so much. All right, welcome to the show, LaShonda Martin.
1: Thank you mu- so much, Sarah, for having me. I'm excited to be here and honored that you asked me on the show today.
2: Yes, girl. Uh, well, we met a couple of years ago. Actually, I think mm-hmm. our first connection was when uh, you maybe came across my book or I sent you a copy of the book or something like that and you had, you had read it and you were, uh, working with athlete wives at the time because you're an athlete wife as well. Your husband plays in NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I, I featured several stories in the book and I think you had posted it and I was like, oh, I have to find out who this woman is. And so we have been connected ever since So before, maybe four or so years. Uh, And then I spoke at your event that you had a year and a half ago now Mm -hmm. um, for for WAG Academy. And so tell me a little bit about um, what got you, you know, because as an NFL wife, you don't have to necessarily – start your your own passion or do your own thing and know a lot of wives um have their hands full already right <laughs> kids and mm-hmm. moving and all this other stuff that's going on so what drew you to w- want to work with um other wives and, and bring some positivity into the space
1: sure oh my goodness has it been almost two years already <laughs> I since my academy, is- best That's crazy. Time has flown by. Yeah, I was originally drawn to start this particular business when my husband and I got married in 2015. So we're coming up on our five-year wedding anniversary. Um, And at that time, I was Googling NFL wives to find this group of women to connect with because the lifestyle can kind of be isolating. Your significant other might be traveling all the time or moving from one team to the next and oftentimes the women are kind of either you have to make a decision either you're going to stay right. in the city where you've been or you're going to kind of live this nomad lifestyle and either way it can be kind of isolating so i was looking for a group to connect with and the google results that came up were all kind of negative in my mind it just right. had to do with the media media perception at the time that NFL Wives, it was all about, like, the hottest and the sexiest wives. And I just hated the narrative because I was like, okay, here I am. You know, I have my master's. I was a college athlete. I had my own thing going on. And this narrative is just not me. So I wanted to change right. that, and I started, I launched a blog just to kind of change the public perception of pro-athlete wives. And shortly after I did that, I was approached by other wives of NFL players saying, oh, my gosh, this has been so needed. Thank you for giving us a voice or saying all these things that I've been thinking, you know, that kind of thing. And so quickly I learned that instead of just focusing on changing everyone's perception of us, it was more important for me to create a, a close-knit community for us. And so that's yeah. really where the idea was birthed, and it, it grew from a blog then I did a digital print magazine and then ultimately the conference which I asked you to speak at they're actually headlined WAG Academy um, all with the intention of community and connection and providing a voice and a platform to these women in mind.
2: Yeah oh and I loved it so much because you're right I think at the time 2014, 2015 it feels like there was also a lot of shows on TV. Um, There's like Mm -hmm. Basketball Wives, there was Swags, um, mm-hmm. I think. Swags. there Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a lot um, about pro athletes wives, and you're right. It was really. I actually had to stop watching basketball wives. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I don't need to see another mm-hmm. throwdown. I don't see. You know, it was just so so much negativity was surrounding it, um, and I loved what you were creating. That that also went beyond NFL wives, right? You were you really expanded that um, to mm-hmm. wives of all sports. And then bringing new stories, which is something that I'm passionate about too, you know, bringing stories about other people, because I think sometimes um when we want so much to change a narrative it's it's almost so hard to do without uh bringing those stories to the forefront, saying this mm-hmm. is the new narrative, you know um and that's what I loved about Wag Academy is that it was meeting so many women who were empowered and inspired and doing their own thing and having their own businesses and and you know kind of all of that how have you uh over the last couple of years been able to um grow your vision as you grow I guess you know what I mean because sometimes we have mm-hmm. to pivot we're all pivot right now thanks to COVID um you know mm-hmm. and, and change a little bit but I think also we we grow and we change, and our interests and things like that change. So,
1: how has how has that vision kind of um, evolved over the last couple? of Yeah. Years? Well, first I want to check in. Can you hear my kids in the background? No, <laughs> like, you're all good, you're okay. All, okay, I was gonna say quarantine lifestyle. I'm like, I'm sorry, right? husband, you know, you got you got to take them to another room and just make sure you don't hear the craziness in the background. Um, I feel you, girl. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so much a proponent of your business and your passion should reflect you. So at the time when I created WAGS Redefined, my husband was in the NFL. He was in the thick of it. Um, I was around the ladies every day, really living the lifestyle and seeing what the issues were. And then he retired a year after I actually launched. And so by the time we were about four or five years out of the NFL uh, I just felt myself evolving. And like I mentioned previously, my first love was basketball, and I was a, a college athlete. And so I knew in order to stay true to myself, I wanted my business to also stay true to me. And so I pivoted to the sports sorority and I rebranded last year in order to make it a more inclusive environment for athletes who are women, for women working in sports, and anybody who who can relate to the sports lifestyle as, as possibly a sports enthusiast um, because I know that that's still a group of women where we share one common theme. The common thread is sports, but right. it's also ambitious women. So I pivoted to marketing towards the ambitious woman who it lives the sports lifestyle. And, again, I just I, I feel that in business, as you evolve as a person your business should as well absolutely so, and it's and it's extremely hard to rebrand might I mention it's not an easy thing and some companies have not been successful at it so it requires a lot to rebrand however for me personally i want to feel internally Good and passionate about everything that I'm doing, and know that it represents me in the best way possible. And another and a thing that was just coming up for me with Wags Redefined was I was realizing that I was connecting I was connecting a group of women based on their status or how them being connected to a man or a significant other. And so I wanted to create something for women for who they were and their talents and their interests instead of, you know, their connection and and what their relationship status is. Right. So it just makes
2: more sense for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's such a uh, important part of it too, because, you know, you could build an amazing relationship with a woman and support um, what she's doing and what she's building. And let's say, she's no longer her athlete husband then you know she's kind exactly. of exactly you know is is out of the fold if you will so um I love yeah, and this it and I love for this. her you know
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah and I love how um, exactly. much more inclusive this is and also that it's spotlighting um women in sports because as we mm-hmm. know they're so underrepresented uh basketball I think really in particular even though there is a, a pro league it's it's still so underrepresented. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the the difficulties maybe or the obstacles you had in rebranding, because I know you are not the only one girl. (laughs) And I know Mm -hmm. for myself, um, I've had to to definitely um, pivot or change my business multiple times um, before Mm -hmm. and after I launched it the last three years. And it's one of those things like part of you – when you're leaving something behind that you've created, um, you know, it's hard not to feel a certain type of way. It's, it's hard mm-hmm. not to feel like, oh, did I not take it to the level I wanted to take it to? Or will people still support me in this new decision? What were some of those, um, I guess, thoughts or obstacles that you were dealing with when you decided it was, it was time to go to the
1: next level of your dreams? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll say that I always, I've always i gotten to the point in my journey where I pray over all my decisions business-wise, and I kind of wait for an answer, a response. So I had been praying over what to do with Wags Redefined a year or two before I actually rebranded, and I got the answer, and I got the name, um, and and so I felt at peace. With the rebrand, however, whenever I launched, I did have a a wag who you know is fairly well known, and and she messaged me and was like, "I miss Wag Street Divine," and it was because mm-hmm. at the time she was catching a lot of heat from the public eye, um, and so she missed a particular right, that business in particular, yeah. yes, uh, yeah, for that specific demographic, and so you know, I was able to respond with kindness, but also that confidence that I knew I was doing the right thing um, and that she could still be a part of what I'm doing now. It was just, you know, more inclusive. So sometimes you run into that. I'd say another obstacle is just in the branding, when you have a new logo or new colors or new Certain new messages, messaging, you'll lose followers. I think when I first launched, I might have lost like 500 followers or so that right. uh, before I started gaining gaining my, my new um, and attracting the new customers that I wanted to attract. so just people that you know okay, I'm, I'm not interested in what you're doing anymore and again, like you have to understand that, but then you have to go into overdrive. Um, One lesson I've learned is, you know, if you're going to do a rebrand, you have to go all in. You have to do it the correct way. Do not cut corners and think that it's going to be successful. If you do that, you're going to end up having to pay for it and do it the right way eventually anyway. So just do it the right way to begin with. Um, But, yeah, I'm really in a planning and development phase right now where I'm going to be launching several things that will make the messaging more clear to my target audience and really – that community, and, and I would say this year, um, as I've been more in, intentional about the messaging, I've seen the upside as far as garnering the interest of, of the women that I want to and my demographic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, entrepreneurship is just like a roller coaster. Tough, right? I don't, don't trust anybody who tough, says it's man. not tough. yeah I'm like
2: you're full of shit (laughs) either that or you're not you're not actually working your business you know like if it's easy for you then then you don't have skin in the game or you're not working it because I think and I'm I'm really open about that because I didn't feel like a lot of people were and so you know when I was starting my business first year and a half was probably the most brutal that I had been through since my ex left I mean it was it was Mm. crazy you know Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it helped me get through is having a clear vision of where I wanted to go, you know, and, and why I was I was willing to kind of sacrifice or suffer, whatever you want to call it, until I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. that vision was clear. So did it help you in in starting this next phase of your dream to to really kind of get that clarity and get
1: excited again about this new oh direction? Gosh. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And as soon as I, you know, was formulating the rebrand, it did spark that, that passion and that desire in me again, because when you're not staying true to yourself or your business is not reflecting that you start to lose interest, you can feel yourself physically ooh, like yes. fighting, fighting to yes. put that effort in like, Oh, if if it's out of alignment. So as soon as it comes back in alignment again, it's like the motivation returns, the inspiration returns, you know? And so Um, I definitely have felt that. My why is very strong. And then after I say, you know what, I'm going all in on this, I'm betting on myself, all of these things, the door started to to open up to where I had women younger than me coming to me saying, oh, we want to see this on our college campus. So that's one of the next things I'm doing. We're going to be launching the sports sorority on college campuses. And the vision is nationwide, but we're starting here in Atlanta. I love that. Yes, yeah, so when you're reaching back and you're helping the next generation and, again, paying it forward or your why is strong, it's just
2: it so much more passion. fun
1: and so much easier. Yeah, it's so much easier to do. So.
2: And I'm so glad that you Absolutely. brought that up, too, because I think that's kind of always been a good indicator for me. If I start to feel like I am not passionate, I don't know what other word, I mean, that is it. I'm a very passionate person, mm-hmm. so if that feels like it's dying or if I feel like I have to do something that's the worst for me like that that Mm -hmm. is the ultimate you know decision like okay it is definitely time for you to figure something else out because if I feel like it's work or I have to do it or if it's something that I dread then it's it's almost instantly that that energy goes into whatever you're doing and everyone Mm -hmm. senses it and you get Mm -hmm. you know like no response especially social media right I always feel like people can completely sense whatever mood it is that I'm putting something they out. For sure and, can
1: sense it, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then it's like they believe, so then that, that kind of feeds the whole narrative even more. So whenever that I even feel a little bit of that, I've I've learned how to listen to myself and listen to my intuition and and pull back and say, hey, wait a second, like, what, what is missing here? And, and how do I bring that back? And so I love that you did the same. And then you're, how did you kind of like find, I guess, the the next thing? Um, because a lot of times, it, I think we aren't, obviously, as passionate for it yet, because we haven't worked mm-hmm. on it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of put as much effort and thought, and whatever. So, how did you kind of land on what that next piece would be for Mm -hmm. you as far as a business, even though, you know, you loved it as, from a personal standpoint, how, how did you come
1: to that space where you're like, yeah, I can build that passion again for this? Yeah. Well, first I'll say it's, it's extremely important as an entrepreneur to be self-aware. So I'm definitely a podcast junkie, personal development junkie. I'm such an advocate on always reflecting and, Um, trying to better yourself because it's going to be needed in this game of life and certainly in this game of entrepreneurship. So for me, that's been such a big piece of me just being aware. Um, As far as the vision and innovation piece, I would say that's one of my strengths as an entrepreneur is just the ability to kind of see what's next. And I don't always move on it the quickest, but when I do – you know, I tend to kind of think of things that might be two, three years ahead of, you know, maybe what the market yeah. is ready for. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But um, in this particular case, it really was a situation of me returning to my roots. So, you know, basketball was my first love. I was an athlete first before I married a professional athlete. I was I had a full scholarship to play in college. And so when I went back to my roots and, and what brought me true happiness, you know, I returned to Coaching before this whole pandemic quarantine thing happened, I was coaching a, a youth girls team uh, just for the love of it, and right. um, I'm kind of bummed our, our season ended. But but anyway, so for me, it, <clears throat> it was looking back in the sense of what truly brought me joy in my childhood and is is central is a central part of who I am, and so it wasn't it was an easy natural pivot in that sense and giving back to other athletes and then also part of my journey was I I obtained my master's in sports administration and that was my first job after I got out of grad school and um, so I dabbled in working in sports and so again giving back to those women is natural And, and one thing I will say about entrepreneurship I've been doing it the last five plus years is it's a lot of entrepreneurs or speakers will say, oh, you have to know your why, your why, your why. And it may sound cliche, but it's so true because out of everything I've done, I've dabbled in having my own fitness apparel line, real estate, personal training, um, you name it. <laughs> I've, I've tried different right, things. Right. But the one thing that stuck is this community for women and that because of the why. That's because of the purpose. Yep. So when your purpose is strong enough, and generally that's tied to helping others, because I do believe a central part of who we are is helping and serving others. So if your, if your why is strong enough, it will stick and it will last the, the test of time and then you'll just, yeah, you just pivot yeah. around way more, what may be happening in the world. But um, yeah. So that's kind of how the pivot went for me. It's like the central message is still there, but I just returned to who I was rather than who keep I was it married in alignment. to. In terms of pivot, yep, mm-hmm. yeah, to
2: keep it in alignment. And I think that's yep. such a good message because a lot of people, you know, as life coach, people will come to me and they'll say, uh, "I'm at this place in my life." Women, especially, you know, maybe once their kids are old enough to go either go to school or have left the house, they are typically big times will or they'll come to me and they'll say, I don't I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what my next thing is. And I think if we really can spend some time with ourselves and find out what it was that made us happy and, and mm-hmm. the most ourselves when we were kids, and a lot of times we have that so deeply buried that we can't even access it and it takes some work to even get there. But if I look True. at what I dreamed of doing when I was, Eight, nine, ten, fifteen years old. It was just going to be. This is going to embarrass me right now. But it was to be a singer. But, mm, <laughs> no, 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 no. What,
1: what genre?
2: I'm just curious. <laughs> It, well, what's hilarious is I grew up super religious, so all I knew uh-huh. then was Christian music. So I was like, I was to be uh, Amy Grant, you know? Like, I'm oh my Amy gosh, Grant. I
1: know Amy um, Grant. That's right? oh shut that's up! So funny. Oh my yeah.
2: god, like she was my childhood idol, and literally wanted to live in her skin. Um, but the crazy thing was is the, the visualization that kind of I used then, or the daydreaming, whatever you want to call it was this image of being on stage and, you know, with the microphone in my hand and feeling the crowd and, and serving, right? Because you're doing that when mm-hmm. you're singing or whatever. And so it's literally what I do for a job now. <laughs> that is exactly mm. how I feel when I walk out on stage today. And it's crazy because sometimes we're, we wouldn't put the two together. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you know, for you, you're like, I was an athlete as a kid. That's why I loved it. Well, maybe there's, if we can just open up and look outside the box and say, how do I incorporate the pieces I loved of, of that in to something that I can grow, you know, and that can turn into a business and that can kind of be my area of expertise. So I think that a lot of women out there can kind of relate to that where it's like, okay, well, I love this thing. You know, I love yep. throwing parties or I love whatever, but it's like, how do I turn that into a business?
1: So how have you. Exactly.
2: Yeah, how have you turned that into the business and then kind of what's the dream for the business moving forward?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for sharing that story. That's awesome. I didn't know that about <laughs> you, but now I did. Yeah, now Dad everyone's going to hey. be like, are you going to say no,
2: no, no,
1: no? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be a cool way, cool entrance, entrance when you're walking out there. Oh, hell um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like you said, just identifying those things that you were passionate about when you were nine, ten years old and where your gifts are and then how you can use those gifts to serve. I think some people get caught up in, okay, okay, so I found what I'm good at, but how do I serve others that? Because I think that's where the true business lies, is how are you going to affect change and make a difference in the world um, through utilizing your gifts? Um, So remind me of the question. How did I do that? Yeah,
2: yeah, it's just so interesting, like, of how we do, how we do that, but then how we, how we figure out how to make money at it, you know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, I love this, for instance, Mm -hmm. online, when, when I started coaching, I was, I was really just sharing the advice of what I was doing, I never thought it was going to be a business or a career or whatever, and then it just kept coming up and kept coming up, and then finally, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a long transition for me, um, but then I had to kind of look at, like, okay, so if I'm looking at this as a business, how do I, how do I build it up? How do I it? make money Right. It? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think that's see- where a lot of women stop because they just don't know.
1: Yeah, and it can take a lot of trial and error. And some people are like, ain't hey, nobody got time for that. So I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And the honest answer for me is it was a lot of trial and error when it came to WAGs. I was able to identify those businesses that wanted to speak to that demographic specifically. So it was banks and real estate agents and luxury brands. They wanted to speak to pro athlete wives or right. those in the in that community. So, um, sometimes you might have to think outside the box and you might think that it's a direct-to-consumer business, but it might be a B2B business. And um, that's how it's developed for the sports sorority. So for yeah, me... Yeah, and now you're doing now colleges that it, and stuff too, right? So that's,
2: that's even a different... It's, uh, yeah, it's a different way to grow Exactly,
1: the exactly. And so one of the things we'll be launching is membership, that's a platform that I'm really excited about. And, again, it's providing value first, though. It's leading with the value. And once you do that consistently enough and build trust, then people will pay you for the value that you're providing. But you do have to be better than the rest, and you have to be better than those in your niche. It's honestly one thing that I found. It's not who's first to market and, you know, who's doing it first. It's who's doing it the best. And you're only as good as the last thing you did. So the one yeah, so one—that's another thing that trips people up and why they quit. And to be honest, why I've wanted to quit in the past, but my why is too strong. Is mm-hmm. just that Same. it's it's, con- it's constant evolution, it's constant innovation, and you have to you have to be on every day, isn't it? Don't they say like uh, something so about true. the rent being due every day? Right. <laughs> What's that good. quote? Like success. Yeah, which is so frustrating. You, know, you got to pay sometimes. the rent every day. Yeah, it's so it frustrating is. sometimes
2: because you feel like, okay, I did that one big thing. You know, for example, mm-hmm. Wag Academy was a huge deal. You know, you brought in all of these wags and all these brands, and it was a beautiful, beautiful event. And so there's this moment where you're like, okay, I'm there. I'm done it. You know, like, can please mm. the, like, the Golden Gate part, and, like, everything is gravy from here on out. And then, no. you know, that's not life. <laughs> Life, right? it's
1: not life it's not life and just a real moment I was extremely burnt out after the conference I had planned it for about a year I had a committee of about 10 women we were doing weekly conference calls I was fundraising so I was going after all of the sponsors and we raised about forty, fifty thousand in a couple of months but just doing the cold calling and pitching and pitching and, right. and then one of my good friends bless her heart, after the conference, she was like, okay, we're going to Vegas. So I come off of the conference and go not into like a nice, relaxing retreat, but you know, Vegas. <laughs> so you got to like, right? shake it off Like literally bit, right? Shake it off. Yeah, but so I was so like, I needed to decompress so bad. And then right after that, a month later, I was pregnant and extremely sick. So it just kind of snowballed like that. And that's life. And and you just have to go with the ebbs and flows and the tide, and just like I was telling you um, offline or before we had the before we got on is um yeah I'm sorry, I lost turn I, well,
2: no, I think what what I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because I wanted to talk about how you have a brand new baby
1: and you have this mm-hmm.
2: three year old is your oldest? Yes, oldest? yeah, he's about two, to three?
1: be okay. four. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so your hands are full. <laughs> You're a wife as well. Um, and your baby is, how old's the baby?
1: He'll be one in like oh a week. Oh, my God. I, swear I know. It, he was like two months old. <laughs> I know, it happened so um, fast. It was like so oh, fast.
2: Okay, so your hands are really full. So he's like move, mm-hmm. moving and all that stuff. So how how do we ever kind of, achieve that balance i know that's a question everyone is always asking and it's you know it's tough especially that first year with the new baby um but you're also in the middle of building you know sports sorority which is a whole new passion Mm -hmm. how are you doing that you know keeping all those balls in the air and taking care of you
1: Right. Yeah, I'm one of those that I definitely don't believe in balance. I found found myself in this season saying it is impossible for a woman to have career, invest 100% in career and her family and herself without help. Without help. That's the mm-hmm. caveat. Like, whether it's your mother, your sister, your nanny, whatever, like, you need a support system. And that's something that, I don't know, uh, I know you've taught about, taught on this previously, Sarah, because I've watched the webinar. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that's had, like, the martyr mindset in the past. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, tell me, tell me. I can hit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I bring it on myself, right? Like I'm taking care of everything and taking too much on and, um, you know, so you're kind of creating your own reality there. And I've wised up to the fact that, no, like, okay, I need to have this conversation with my husband to help. We need outside help so that I can do things like this, have the podcast, build out my content, have my strategy sessions. So, any woman out there listening, get the help. If you're one of yes. those resisting help, you're you're creating the you're you know creating the your problem.
2: Own nightmare, yeah, you really are. Yeah, um, here, here's what I've learned over time is that I was totally, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I can say that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so okay. you know, when you are that personality and you're you know what your vision is and you know what you want to do, it's hard to outsource. Sometimes it's hard to delegate uh-huh. sometimes. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of women are really stuck in this idea that uh, I can't have help yet because I can't afford to pay a full time assistant $60,000 a year. And, and there's like mm-hmm. no in between in their mind. You know what I mean? They're like, mm-hmm. one day I'll get there. Um, but for now, I have to do everything and have to cry about it all day long, too, you know, because like mm-hmm. I can't get everything done. Oh, my God, yeah. there's so many other ways. Like, yeah, I've, I've worked facts. with some amazing interns who have mm-hmm. volunteered their time and worked with me and helped me put on my events and <clears throat> done everything from responding email to emails to whatever. I've also, you know, worked with um, outsourcing agencies for 10, 10 hours a week or whatever. So there's so many, ladies, there's so many ways that you can get help whether you have a budget for it or not. Um I, this is the big thing. You have to learn how to do that now if you are building a business because your business will never grow if you don't. Because at some it's point so or another, true. you are not going to mm-hmm. be the only person working your business or else you're going to work yourself to the ground and your business is not going to be really successful. So You have to learn at some point, and I tell women, learn now. Learn with interns. Or, you know, learn with your niece or nephew coming over for a couple hours. It doesn't matter. But that's teaching you how to delegate, how to create leaders, which are all the skills that you need as your business grows, right?
1: That's so true. And I think that's the thorn in every entrepreneur's side is building a good team. But it's necessary if you're going to grow that business to six, seven, eight, nine figures, whatever your ultimate goal is. Uh, so for me, I'm really excited about the interns I I have right now. But one thing I've I've learned is values is more important, honestly, than skill set. Um, you know, if you want somebody to stay with you long term, I think your core values has to align, and they have to be. They're not going to be as passionate as you about your right. business, but you have, you know, they have to have that same value system and believe in what you're doing enough. And and that makes all of the difference. So yeah, great team right now. mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we
2: talk a little bit about that? Because I think um, certainly for me, I have a very small crew, you know, um, it's just, I've gotten Mm -hmm. used to doing it over the last 10 years um, and have like a lot of people been burned, (laughs) you know, by people not Mm -hmm. being around you for the right reasons or for their own reasons. And I know that's something that you can relate to in the life that you lived as, as mm-hmm. you know, a wife of mm-hmm. a professional player. So, how did you? Um, how I guess how do you? What do you rely on, maybe as an instinct, or even as your own mental checklist, or how do you bet people? I guess is, is the question. Maybe both in in friendships, cause people are you know coming at you trying to introduce themselves, whatever, um, but also in something like insurance? How do you know someone is there for the right reasons?
1: I'm very instinctual when it comes to, like, personal relationships. Um, I feel like every woman kind of has some of that level of gut instinct, you know. But when it comes to the business side, I like to ask about their childhood or who's their favorite family member and why or you know what are your values what are your hobbies what would the people in your family say about you or three words to describe you what would your friends and family what are three words that they would use to describe you really just trying to get to know an inside look yeah get an inside look on, on how they think and what's most important to them and so for example. One of my interns, her parents, she—they're like her her best friends, and she quoted her dad, and her dad taught her about servant leadership, and um, they're also entrepreneurs. But she just had, she reminded me of a younger me, also. Like I could see myself right. in her like ten years ago. So I could also, just as I was listening to her speak, I I saw that that passion for similar things and her our hobbies aligned and then um, her work ethic just her describing herself as ambitious or driven and caring and um, but I could also just sense that in asking her why did she want to be a part of the team and how is she using this time during quarantine Mm -hmm.
2: yeah on Mm -hmm. how on how that connects I think the more we can listen to our intuition ladies um, on everything. I, I, I really feel like it, it is the ultimate guide. You know, it's going to help us decide who is good for us <laughs> and then make decisions, Definitely. you know, if they turn out not to be, if we see those red flags, we can kind of act on that. Um, well, Ashonda, thank you so much for being here. I love and adore you and I'm so grateful for all the support that you've Uh, lent to me over the years and I am so excited for this new venture as a mom of two daughters um, who play sports. I just, I love that you are, you know, aligning that passion to empower women, young women, women in sports, and kind of across all, you know, backgrounds and genres. So thank you for doing the work that you do and thank you for being so open and sharing your story with us. Where can people learn more about you and follow you and, get all
1: obsessed with you <laughs> thank you sarah so much it's been a pleasure i've enjoyed this conversation so much you can follow me connect with me on instagram at lashonda martin that's l-e-s-h-o-n-d-a martin also lashonda.com is my personal blog and then on the sports sorority side you can follow us on instagram at the sports sorority and the sports
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, girl, and can't wait to see what the future holds for all of all of those amazing um, initiatives that you have going. And everybody continue to hustle and thrive, share this, provide feedback um, on the episode, and we will connect next time.